Welcome to Agent to Agent Remarks. Really just wanted to start up a conversation. The podcast dedicated to real estate ethics and best practices. Here to talk to you about the market. Hosted by broker Jeffrey Lavelle of The Brokerage, a real estate firm. We have some great interviews on this podcast. Hear expert guests related to the real estate industry discuss actionable advice, tips, and tricks. Now, here's Jeffrey Lavelle. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Jeff Lavelle here, broker of The Brokerage, a real estate firm. I am here today uh, with my friend Azim Jessa with Urban S Realty. Azim, how are you today? Good, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I you appreciate know, you asking. You are a mensch for coming all the way across <laughs> town. What, a whole what, 45 minutes to get here? Uh, yeah, I had to drop my kids at school um, and then drive all the way from Summerlin down to Henderson. Oh, it's the end of the world out here. It really is. Uh, you know, I every time a client tells me that they're in Sky Canyon or somewhere like that, I'm just like, you know. You're like, can I refer you to an agent in Reno? <laughs> We're so spoiled in this town, right? Like, we think our town like, so big. I grew up in Vancouver where people would drive, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half just to get to work. And here, you know, we drive... North Northwest Las but, Vegas. But you guys to have Henderson. public transportation in in Vancouver, right? You, I mean, yeah, you have you, a fairly robust public. Yeah, it is pretty so. decent, but uh, still, I mean, I used to live in this town called Maple Ridge, and I worked in this other town called Delta. Sounds very sweet. Get it, Maple, <laughs> Maple Ridge. Ridge yeah. These are the dad jokes. Yeah, right? it was a it was a good ninety minute drive to work in my two thousand or sorry nineteen ninety eight Volkswagen Fox four speed. Ninety standard. minutes to work. Yeah. Wow. So that is uh, that's quite a bit. No, I. I piss and moan about uh, having to drive, you know, like I said, 45 minutes to an appointment. I don't piss and moan. I'm always grateful for the business. But um, yeah, that's that's quite quite interesting. I know. As a parent, and I know you are as well, but it's it's the uh, little bit of quiet time maybe we get too, right? Without my teenage daughter's <laughs> hip hop and whatever music she listens to. I'm sure my parents felt the same You're, way when I was giving away the secrets of Zim. Listening to Pearl Jam, my dad was probably like, what is this garbage? <laughs> When I was a kid, we yeah. had real music. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Azim, not only are you a uh, prolific and well-respected realtor here in the greater Las Vegas area uh, and a friend, but you are heavily involved in the realtor political arena. Am I wrong? How, first of all, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been uh, in real estate? Yeah, so I've been in real estate, I think, about 13 years or so. My wife was initially uh, a realtor. She started selling new homes way in her 20s, early 20s, and then... Like um, 10 years ago, wow. <laughs> she's going to love you forever. She actually really does love you a lot. She's probably fantastic. Probably more than me. Um, yeah, so she used to drink so much Starbucks, she's like, uh, I'm spending too much money at Starbucks, and quit her job as a realtor and went to go work at... Actually, I think she started part-time at Starbucks while still selling new homes like when she was 20, 21, 22 years old. Because that's when you have energy and you can do two jobs. Yes, like that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And... Um, <laughs> Eventually worked all her way up to being a district manager. We okay. got married somewhere in that process. Yeah. And uh, I used to work at The Gap. And um, anyway, she got so busy during the short sale days, she was like, you need to quit your job and come work with me. So I see you more as an L.L. Bean person. <laughs> Banana Republic. <laughs> but yeah, you're pretty good. Yeah, I did. I spent more of my money at Banana than I did at The Gap. Um, and uh, yeah, so I quit and started working with her. And you know, we had a team for a while. And then uh, about three years ago, she... Hung it up. She was like, you know what? I need to be home and be a mom and raise our kids, and um, she did. And you know, but what, a, but what a blessing, though. Absolutely, you know, I was I just mean, gonna say a, we're that's really a blessed. Tremendous blessing. My wife has the same uh, goal and and uh, priority right now. And um, you know, I told her, hey, eventually they're not going to want to be around us. So yeah, yeah, take the opportunity to. I mean, you know, I jokingly say that I pray to God that they still want to be around us. But um, you know, you might as well get that opportunity while it exists. And 
you know. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. The blessing is the right word for sure. Yeah. Like, and you know, with COVID happening and schools getting shut down and it, the timing was just perfect. That yeah. She got to, uh, cause it wasn't know. very long ago. Cause I, she and I were on grievance. That's where we really kind of got to know each other. Um, was the, you know, one and a half hour meeting yeah. once a month at grievance committee. But, um, you know, yeah, January of 2019. Yeah. So that's awesome. I'm on, I'm on my own as I say that jokingly with four people and my assistant who is the greatest person in the history of the world. Like I could not function without her. I have one of those as well. Irene is, uh, the, the glue that binds this office together. Yeah. And Brenda is uh, like my, literally my right hand. I never use her last name though, because I'm like, if I use the last name, someone's going to try start, to recruit yeah, her <laughs> looking for her. Uh, so anyway, well you, like I mentioned before I, I got into your background, um, and you, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, all three people, um, you know that this is not a formal process. This is the the uh, jumble of my brain that exists, right? I'm very ADHD, and I say that with sincerity. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to actually have a successful business with that. But in any event, uh, you are uh, very involved and have been for quite some time in the Realtor political arena. And a lot of people don't realize Realtors are political, but... Tell me, tell me what you know about it. So I think a lot of people don't know. Yeah, Realtors, the Realtor organization at the national level is the largest advocacy group um, for an industry in the country, right? We have one point, I think it's six or 1.7 million members now. Yeah. It's an astronomical number. And that's just Realtors. Because it's easy to sell real estate. Yeah, it's so super easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and remember, those are just like people who are branded as realtors, right? That doesn't include commercial agents. That right. doesn't include, there's some states and cities that have residential real estate agents who are not realtors. Mm. So, you know, you're probably, I'm just making this number up here probably, but you're you're probably in the two and a half million range so of say out a, real estate professionals yeah. out of our- Double you know, it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's quite a few real estate professionals. And, you know, we advocate for not only our industry, right? We want to make sure that people are treated well and fairly, um, but we also advocate for pro- private property rights, right? Mm-hmm. We're the, we, we want to make sure that people have the ability to use their properties and their homes um, in a manner which is, you know, legal and fair and with as few restrictions as possible without causing other people harm. I know it's a, you know, it's, it's a tough balance sometimes, right? Like, you know, I'll throw out the Airbnb example. Oh, yeah. Right? That's very um, contested right, right? now. We very want people... Issue. We want people to be able to, you know, you buy a property, you should be able to Airbnb it, but you also buy a property and you bought a home and you don't need a hotel next door to you. Right. So how do we balance, right. you know, as realtors, we represent both sides of that. How do we balance the the, the quiet enjoyment of the mm-hmm. neighbor who bought in a residential neighborhood mm-hmm. versus yep. the investor who bought a home was like, hey, uh, this is something that I'm legally allowed to do. How can I do this? Right. So, right. you know, and then there's the HOAs and the cities and there's all sorts of, you know, it's not nothing's ever cut and dry. Right? No, there's, and it's, there's and a it's lot of levels. I mean, uh, you know, I don't I don't Airbnb anything myself, but it's a complicated process. Right. So you're looking at licensing and yep. uh, response requirements and taxes, times and taxes and fees safety. and filings. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. it's just it, it's that's what frankly makes me terrified of of the Airbnb. We right. our office does property management and we do what we consider an executive fully furnished rental program, but mm. that's not right. Airbnb. No, it's, absolutely yeah, not, right? Not so transient. just you know, just to, to touch on that, I believe the right now currently in most of Clark County and and, and it's other jurisdictions around here, if it's thirty days or less, it's considered a short term rental. Mm-hmm. And if it's thirty one days or more, it's not a short term rental and that is a, a you know, totally legal rental if your HOA allows it. If your HOA allows it. Correct. And then, yeah, just like the state and federal laws can, you know, federal law cannot be 
sorry, state law cannot be less restrictive than federal law, right? That's the supremacy clause. And it's a similar thing with the HOAs. HOAs can be more restrictive mm-hmm. of how many uh, days you can uh, Correct. rent yeah, your property, but they can't say you can do it for less than the county says or Correct. the state says. So, yeah. um, But, you know, HOAs, you know, I, I have been on the board of HOAs before and uh, more as a preventative measure, right? To yeah. kind of avoid <laughs> being... Uh, overrun by right. really tyrannical uh, people. But I tell you, they are such a difficult group to deal with a lot of times. Absolutely. And some are, you know, I know, I know we don't want to get off, no, too no, off no, topic here, but they, there's certainly, there's some great HOAs and then there's some terrible HOAs, like right? Anything. Well, there's um, some great realtors and some terrible realtors. My dad, <laughs> my dad used to say about people sometimes, he's like, well, some of these people have nothing to do and all day to do it, right? right. And you certainly don't want that guy running your HOA. But, uh, you know, if you have someone that's proactive and someone that's reasonable, I, you know, I think realtors make great HOA board members. Um, they understand the process. They can yeah. see both sides. Yeah. You know, my belief is always that an HOA was there to, you know, maintain and protect property value, sure. right? And so as long as that's the, the vision of every decision or, you know, the, the basis of every de- decision, hopefully your HOA is not doing too bad. But again, yeah, sometimes there's, like you said, some tyrannical people who <laughs> didn't get enough hugs maybe. I don't know. And... Uh, <laughs> They feel like they need to to run. So getting us back on track, because this will be my MO for the entire conversation this morning. (laughs) Getting us back on track, you um, mentioned that, you know, realtors, and we went into, uh, in a previous podcast, I went into what a realtor is. We're not realtors. We're realtors. Um, There's all sorts of fun pronunciations of what we do, but um, that we're different from a licensee, right? That we are a trade organization, that we have membership, that we have code of ethics. We went into the code. I went into the code of ethics. Azim is making fun of me because on my desk, I have a spiral bound copy of the Nevada Law and Reference Guide, which actually is only printed in PDF format. So I actually sent that to Kinko's, to FedEx, uh, whatever, to have it bound. And then I also have a... You print. are a super nerd. I am that a super is awesome. nerd, right? And then I had the... Uh, below that is the Code of Ethics manual and arbitration Guys, I just want you know, he's got tabs in it. He had them add tabs. <laughs> Not only did he print the PDF and bind it, but he literally you are put exaggerating. a tab. Oh, okay, there is, there is a tab. There is one tab that's a table of contents. But uh, what, what I... Obviously, a Realtor is different from a licensee. And so this wonderful trade organization that we're a part of has... Um, the way that it is an advocate or the, one of the ways that it advocates for homeownership is not just through sale, sale of property and management of property, but through the elected officials that mm-hmm. impact property ownership. And obviously right. in the United States, we are in a incredibly hot, one of probably historically the hottest real estate market ever. I, I, yeah. I can't imagine that being too I'm not far-fetched. A, I'm not a history major, but uh, this is pretty wild. <laughs> this um, is wild. You know, Jeff and I were talking before we went on air here that, you know, people are always tell us, like, this must be great. This must be a great I market. I love this yeah. market. The prices are going up. I'm like, this is not fun. No. It is not fun for anybody. It's no. not fun for your buyers who are out there writing 10, 12, 15 offers sometimes. Yeah. Right? Um, it is not fun for realtors who have to tell their buyers yep. 10, 12, 15 times, sorry, you didn't get the house. Yep. And it's not fun for the listing agent who no. then has to, you know, I had 42 offers on a home the other day and that, and two of them were for, from investors. And then 30 or 40, the other 40 were from um, owner occupants. And I had yeah. to tell, you know, 39 people, yeah. right? Like realtors, hey, your family did everything they could. They tried as hard as they could, but unfortunately, 
they didn't get the house. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't feel bad telling investors right now, you know, in this market, <laughs> sorry you didn't get the house. Yeah, right. Sorry because, you don't have your 15th house this yeah. year. Yeah. So hopefully they're, you know, using their head and not their heart. Um, that was an old coaching term, right? Coach with your head, not your heart. Right, right. Um, I think, you know, investors hopefully are, are using their formulas and sticking to their numbers. And, you know, homeowners, though, unfortunately, or fortunately, are more emotionally attached to their homes. And, you know, it's it's tough for them when they don't get it. So it is. So just hug your realtor, you know, just when you hear like prices are going up. That's yeah. not always a good thing. And in this case, it's not a great thing for anyone right now. It makes it really, really difficult, right? Just like a business environment wants yep. stability, stability in the political realm, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I think homeowners, buyers, and sellers probably want that as well. Maybe not so sellers so much, but definitely buyers well, but want my, some predictability. But you, you're going through this. And, and first, I just want to real quick, if you're a newer licensee or maybe a, an older licensee that has been in the business for a while and, and has, you know, we get a little... Uh, crusty, I guess you could say, right? A, a film forms on the top of our hearts sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, I want to point out what you said. And, and, and another one of our colleagues, uh, Robert Little, put this on Facebook the other day too. You know, each one of those people deserve a response, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. I mean, the dignity of, uh, they, they, were, they were kind enough to write an offer. We should be kind enough, right. professional enough, ethical and honest enough to give them a written response. Yeah, so they I'm, scramble, I'm that right? There, yeah. You have to, like, you don't get to sit around and go, no. you know, like, Hey, this home hit the market. Let's go look at it next Thursday. Like, yeah. no, like you have to look today or tomorrow. They drop everything. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so does that realtor, right? Like, yeah. So, you know, we're missing kids' dance recitals and yep. things like that as well because we got to go show, you know, houses. And I know there's probably an element of the, like, oh, woe is you. That's your job. But yes, I get that. And I, course, I signed yeah. up for this. Yes. Um, but, you know, we're humans too and we have families too. Exactly. Um, and, you know, we're going to sacrifice things to help, you know, our buyers have the best shot at getting that home um and you're right because of that they certainly deserve that response and and feedback like i try to give feedback Feedback i try to give as much information as my seller will allow Mm -hmm. regarding um the conditions of the sale confidentialities and stuff absolutely right with the terms of the sale Mm -hmm. and be like hey this is this is what differentiated your offer from right. the one that got selected. Right. So maybe give your buyer that feedback and let's see if this can help them in and the I, next time. And I think too, you know, you, you, you become, and I think you are like I am, um, that your, your buyers may come to you as a um, warm referral, right? They come Absolutely, from somebody yeah. who mm-hmm. is... Uh, known to you, maybe worked with you in the past, but they yeah. become friends pretty quickly, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You, as people can probably tell, are terribly difficult to talk to. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, boring, you know, rude. No, clearly you're, you're easy to talk to, fun person, and so it's easy to become friends, friendly, you know, and we get attached, you know. We, right, we, which... We know their story. We know what their desperation is. We know that they've written. And so we do, I know people say, oh, it's my job, so I sign up for it, but we're still to some iota you know emotionally attached to Absolutely. the process it's not yeah. about the money all the time the weight my wife's like what's going on what's wrong and i'm like ah the you know so and so yes and i really do try to disconnect but they are friends right you're right, right. i work 100 percent by referral so right. my friends yeah like refer me their friends their and family friends, yeah. so not only do i feel like i'm you know not that i know i'm not letting down my client but you know when you don't get that offer exactly. i feel like i'm also letting down and that's you know, the a good, referral but that's part. a good response and i'm glad you feel that way because i feel that way and i'm sure many of our colleagues who we associate with feel that way because um, it is you know it's it's like when you have a a doctor Mm -hmm. or um, you know some other professional that you're working with you like to know that there's some care not just they're doing their job they're going by the numbers they're checking Mm -hmm. the boxes but that there's care they're personally invested somewhat to to the outcome right Mm -hmm. you want yeah you want them like 
oh, well, I tried everything. Sorry, you're going to die, right? <laughs> and that may be the case, but at least don't present it to me like that, right? <laughs> well, you know, yeah, exactly. There's just this little monicum of uh, delivery. How, how, do, how do you deliver Bedside it? <laughs> manner, I believe, is the term, right? So, 100%. Well, so, so to bring it back yeah. to our politics stuff, yeah. like um, – People you know, are listening to this going, geez, when are we going to get to the part where there's a right. politics involved? Well, so the last session um, in, in the now Nevada... we live in Nevada. We live so in, yes. Nevada legislature meets every two years. It's a biannual, yeah, legislature. And we had a lot of property management issues. Um, and when I say issues, I mean, like, I don't mean it in a bad way, right? No. Like, there was a lot of items things... Items. To address, right? Right, now. yeah. So, um, and... Fair, right? I mean, it's tough just as we've been talking about buyers for the last five, seven minutes. It's certainly the same for tenants. They're having an extremely difficult time finding properties um, due to the lack of supply on both the, the housing buy and sell market, the resale market, um, the new home market. There's an extreme because of that. They get a lot of people are pushed into rentals and for the time being. And then there's a shortage of rental homes as well. Right. So. The folks that, you know, are working in the casino, the blue collar guys and girls, like they're, you know, they're not making mid six figures. They're, you know, they're getting by making, you know, getting, doing okay with what they got right now. All of a sudden their rent's going up 20%. 20, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a struggle. Like I, I, I can't imagine my mortgage going up 20%. No, it's right? unexpected cost. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I didn't get a 20% pay raise. Right. No. Um, you know, those, those folks working in all those, you know, those jobs that, you know, what's our median income in this state? 50, 55,000 ish. Somewhere around there, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not making 75 all of a sudden, Mm-mm. right? They're, they're, they're getting a little bit more and it seems like wages are going up, but certainly and, not and at And many the pace. of them are coming out of collect, uh, getting caught up mm-hmm. from COVID. You right, know? I yeah. mean, that's another part of it. So now Absolutely. they're getting yeah, hit right. by that too. Yeah. yeah, especially if you're like in some service industry jobs. Yeah, you had a lot of time off work and yeah, so definitely. So it's, you know, we wanted, we want you guys to know we advocate for tenants as well. So one of the big issues... Um, can I can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. And I want to come back to the tenancy thing because yeah. that's a huge misnomer about mm-hmm. our industry. So how do we fund this? How do we fund... Obviously, legislators are driven a lot by the constituency right. that can give them the most right. uh, opportunity to re- get reelected, I guess right. I would say. So how so do we fund this program? The We... So I'll, I'll kind of give you our, our PAC elevator pitch, right? It's our PAC. Okay. Realtor Political Action Committee, right? Great. So okay. it's vote, act, invest, right? So the number one thing um, anyone can do, just not even as a realtor, if you want your legislator to, to hear from you, register to vote and then actually vote. Go mm-hmm. out there and vote, right? right, right. Um, our Realtor Political Action Committee is a nonpartisan pack. We we do not take, you know, we do not vote or excuse me, we do not support just one party or another. We are certainly bipartisan. Um, we support candidates from both parties and even independents if they um, if their their vision values line up with ours. Their platforms, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. right. So vote, number one thing, right? Act. So I, we tell realtors, get out involved in your community, right? Throw on your uh, you know, the brokerage t-shirt or hat, or if you're at a Keller Williams or a Remax or Urban Nest or whatever, throw on your t-shirt and go out there and help, right? You know, you don't have to make a big to-do about it. You don't need to video and document it, but just be out there, you know, so people know, hey, this this person's a realtor and they're they're out, I don't know, feeding the homeless. They're out doing some uh, painting on, you know, in some 
some neighborhoods that need some help and revitalization or right. an organization right. you support, whatever. Get out there and get involved. Volunteer. So- yeah. Soccer coach, baseball coach, yeah. things yeah. like that, right? Do those things. Um, so that's the act, right? Like we are, you know, we use a hashtag online more than selling houses. Right. Um, so we maybe, you know, check that hashtag out on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or wherever people use hashtags. I'm not a huge social media guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I was driving into a neighborhood. My kid wanted to uh, like punch in the code. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's pound, you know, one, two, three, four. Yeah. And he's like, what's pound? I'm like, oh, hashtag, hashtag one, two, three. He's like, oh, I get it. Right. <laughs> he told me. <laughs> so yeah so um and then the third thing is invest so if you're a realtor um you are able to invest in the realtor political action committee and that is where those funds that we collect those investments are used to support candidates who support our issues right so at the national level you know the big big ticket issues are like um you know tax policy flood insurance um, at the state level, you know, that's where we're dealing more with like the property management things. Right. Um, at the local level, we're talking more zoning and, um, you know, transfer, well, transfer Zoning would be things well. like Airbnb, for example. Absolutely. Yeah. And density, right? right? Like, you know, one of the issues we're seeing right now is we don't have enough homes. Like, so is it possible to change some of these, some of the density, um, regulations to maybe, you know, up one level. We're not saying take a, a single family neighborhood and say, yeah, we'll throw a high rise up here, right? Like for, but because obviously you need the infrastructure, the roads to support that, the, right, the shopping, right, you know, right. things like that. But maybe there's a, a commercial area that's undeveloped still, right? That's zoned commercial. They want to put a strip mall. Can we put maybe a, a mid rise, right? A three or four story sure. condo complex. Mixed use right? with yeah. a downstairs yeah, shopping absolutely. area. Yeah. 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 So, you know, is that where we can add 20, 30, 40, 50 housing units where we weren't going to have any, but still have commercial space? Absolutely. Sure. Right? Um, so things like that. So those are those are some of the issues we support. Obviously, we want to um, you know support private property rights. Right, we don't want to have a ton of restrictions. We've started here the 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 rent control issues popping up. Right, that's um, a big one. That is a big one, right? So and I want to I want to put a pin in that with the okay. tenant thing. I Parking got, lot. We got tenant. Yeah, we got <laughs> right a couple things. We got the tenants and how we advocate for them. We got yeah. the rent control. Um, but I want to go back to RPAC because okay. one of the things that, and, and I'm going to fully admit to this. So um, I've been a realtor for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as you're getting started in the industry, it, it can be a little lean. Yeah. Um, my first year, I'm, uh, I might have closed you know, four or five deals. Mm-hmm. So I doubled the average yeah. uh, agent sales volume. You were rich. I was rolling in it, dude. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, it, it progressively got better. And now yeah. I'm, I'm super comfortable. I love this job. It's, it's, I'm, I'm blessed as you are. And I always saw that PSF, Political Survival Fund. Right. Uh, and I would, you know, some months, and, and this has to do with the realtor dues, you know, mm-hmm. we pay a, a, an annual um, membership, membership fee, fee right? Mm-hmm. You know, just like your uh, Netflix Netflix account, <laughs> <laughs> but which is doing great right How now. How come there's the no way. non-advertising option for us for realtors? All of a sudden I got all these text messages and emails. Yeah. Yeah. I would love it. <laughs> I would love to not have my information shared, but so the, the uh, political survival fund, you know, some months or some years I would, I think it's quarterly. So some quarterly. I would opt out of paying this PSF contribution mm-hmm. and some years I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give them that right. $50. Yeah. So is this PSF part of what funds this uh, RPAC? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So um, PSF, like you said, stands for Political Survival Fund. Um, it is the same thing as RPAC, Realtor Political Action Committee. Okay. Um, they. They used some different terms in the past to, to maybe um, market it a bit better, if you will, sure. to get people to understand sure. what it means. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we use the terms PSF, um, BORPAC, NEVERPAC, RPAC. So BORPAC is our 
committee at the Board of Realtors Political Action Committee, um, NeverPAC, Nevada Realtors Political Action Committee, right? And then RPAC is more at the national level. But at the end of the day, all the funds go to the same same pool of money that's used. And, you know, the vast majority of that is used locally. So I know everyone or everyone probably has a distaste for national politics right now. Sure, right? yeah. Um, keep in mind, the vast majority of anything you invest in PSF or RPAC, which is the same thing, um, stays locally, local, right? State and right, local, right? Because right? so, national is involved in most of the national right. 1031 exchanges, right, tax right. policy, like we talked about. Right. And those are important things, right? But it trickles up. Yeah. You know, what we do here at the local level mm-hmm. trickles up into yeah. the national stage where they right. take care of those things. Right. Um, but here at the local level in Nevada, um, the Political Survival Fund, Getting back, so so yeah, I don't know pack, if we answered the question of where that money goes. So yeah, yeah as realtors invest um, into the pack, then we then go out and interview candidates and select candidates and races to support with right. our funds, right? That goes to their campaign contributions, and we choose candidates who are going to advocate for for our rights or at least hear us for sure we definitely you know it's definitely it's not quid pro quo like hey we're going to give you x amount of dollars therefore we need you to vote that's not how it works right that's that's bribery that (laughs) is illegal right (laughs) um but we do we're like hey candidate jeff like these are the issues that are important to us um when these come to the table are you willing to or you know to listen to us or at least have a conversation with us about how they may affect because you know what realtors i'm sorry um political candidates aren't experts in everything no they may they may present to you that they are (laughs) but they certainly are not experts in everything right right? right. um and we appreciate when they come in and ask us for our expertise on these issues right we've we've experienced those things right you talk about how cycles in real estate there's cycles in the economy and there's you know so things like this run up and these housing shortages these have happened in the past right we're going to learn from other areas that have happened we have we have some people on our committees that have been around a really long time um, who are experts in their field who have seen these things and know how it plays out when you go one direction or the other and we want those candidates to have that conversation with us before they press the button and cast their vote to know how it's going to affect um, you know us as an industry our right. community and whatnot so you know that's 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 the main thing we want to make sure we're supporting people who are going to listen to us and and we're definitely going to support people who are going to support our industry and I think so so the takeaway I you know just kind of in the middle of our conversation here the takeaway I want those agents out there those realtor members to, to, to remember is that that political survival fund whether it's here in Nevada or if it's in your state locally it's important to participate because yeah. the realtor organization is crucial to so many issues that not only affect the realtor organization mm-hmm. but affect other industries as well. Like for example, I think Nevada, um, there's always this talk about service, the right. service tax, yeah. right? You know, yeah. we're a service industry, mm-hmm. um, and they want to. This since there's no state income tax in Nevada, mm-hmm. it's a constitutional right. uh, uh, item. They want to create a service tax, and right. this is something yeah. that realtors have been influential in in trying to stop, which has helped other. Unrelated to Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Next time you get your haircut, ask your hairdresser if they contribute to some sort of political fund to protect hairdressers. Right, the right? Association of Cosmetologists or something, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, next time you get your nails done, right? Um, you know, your shoe shine, any of these well, service CPA folks. CPA and all those things are services, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Wrong? Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, you know, uh, what was I going to say? The... Um, Oh, your home inspectors, right? Like, so here's a yeah. Services tax is a big issue, right? Because it's a it'll trickle down, or you know, they call it a bit of a pyramid. So if you add a, a services tax, let's just use real estate for example. Think about all the different levels of service or different pieces of service 
service providers are in right, a real estate right, transaction, right, right. right? So you've got a, you're obviously your realtor, realtor, right? Then you have your home inspector, right? right? You have your escrow uh, yep. folks, right? You have title insurance on top of that, right? That's a set, you know, I know we lump them together sometimes, but They're title, separate, title yeah. and escrow separate, are certainly yeah. different things, right? Um, you may have a pest inspector, Right, you may you know roof so, inspector. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Right, you may have a contractor come in and do some work on some you know some repairs. Right, right. That, that are required. So you have all these additional layers of you know eight plus percent sales tax now mm-hmm. added on mm-hmm. a services tax added on, and all of a sudden that transaction gets a lot more expensive. Like, do we pay the county to record? I mean, that's a service. Like, right. do you pay tax on that all of a sudden? Like, so um, you know it's a and hopefully you know the the legislators understand that and they have to this point, but you know. Anytime an industry is doing well, um, that's where they perceive we're doing well, I should yeah, say. It's an opportunity. The, the legislators are like, whoa, looks like they got some extra extra money, right? right. And we're going to go take it from them, right? right? Look at look at how they go after mining and gaming. And mm-hmm. you can, we can have that debate whether they should or should not pay more. But at the end of the day, I mean, you hear the gaming reports, like record gaming, this and that. Like mm-hmm. They're going to go after gaming a bit, right? Um, they had last session, they went after mining. And I, I don't use that term disparagingly went after, but like that was one of the areas that... A lot of people, yeah, right, <laughs> felt like they they weren't paying their fair share. Right. I use air quotes because I don't know what, whether they were or not. But. Right, we're not arbiters of what's yeah. fair. We're just here to discuss. And right. and I think the other thing um, that that I would just encourage realtors to understand is um, that, and, and we're not going to go around. <laughs> Hey, you're welcome, uh, hairstylist and <laughs> nail tech. That I uh, uh, I contributed right. my fifty dollars. Yeah, thanks year, for the oil change, sir. Right. <laughs> for just yeah. He's like, I don't. I just work here, bud. Um, I, I just Jiffy Lube guy's like, what? <laughs> what? What do you want, man? You're welcome. <laughs> All right, boomer. Um, so, but I just I think it's important that realtors understand that you know. I know it seems like a lot of money, but yeah. fifty dollars, fifty bucks, is, four bucks a month. Yep, right, four dollars and twenty five cents. Sh- I don't know. I'm not a math. Don't major. don't try to do math. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> really, four dollars a month. If every realtor in Las Vegas realtors in the membership paid their fifty dollars a year, yeah, um, we'd have more than enough funds to do what we need to do. Right. right? Currently, about fifty one percent last year invested in our pack. Hmm. So if we can get that number up to sixty. I mean, that would be phenomenal, right? Like if, it would be huge. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of realtors don't do a ton of business, right? And there's a lot of part-time folks. Sure. There's a lot of new people sure. in the industry. Um, guys, I'm asking literally for less than a Starbucks a month. Yeah. Right. And I think when you can put things into that perspective, mm-hmm. and, and again, the reason I brought this up is because I didn't know about right. this. And I didn't know about um, the levels of giving either, mm-hmm. you know, until I was a broker. Right. You know, and you think to yourself, oh, I'm a salesperson. Yeah. Well, you're a salesperson. In our industry, you're an independent contractor. And mm-hmm. so, yes, you may work for a broker, mm-hmm. but realistically, most models in our industry, the broker is really there as an administrative role. And right. it's not what it was in 1975. You know, your broker's not handing out the leads and saying, okay, go work with these people. Mm-hmm. These brokers are in, these agents are independent contractors under the state. Uh, you know, I don't want them to go out there thinking they can run their own businesses now, but effectively they are, they are making these donation, right. uh, I shouldn't say contribution decisions based on being a business themselves. Absolutely, right? And I think they need to think about it that way. Um, Rocky Finseth, um, 
who owns the company, our chief lobbyist com- company, Carrera Nevada. Uh, he's a chief lobbyist for them. He um, he has a statement, and I know it's other people use it too, but if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Right, right? you're on the so table. So you yeah. want to be, you know, if some of you guys have seen Hamilton, right? You want to be in the room where it happens, <laughs> yes. right? You certainly don't want to be on the outside looking in when they're making those decisions. Right, right. And that's where that those investments go because there's sometimes, you know, politics is like sausage, right? Nobody knows Want, you know, nobody you wants to, see to know how, how yeah. yeah, how you it's made. Right? How it's, it's ugly. Yeah. Um, but at, you know, when there's a, a behind closed doors meeting or a, a meeting called an hour before, like it's those candidates that we invest in that you know will give Rocky a heads up and be like, hey, just so you know, so and so and so and so are meeting about your issues in an hour, and you know, Rocky can show up at that meeting, right? Like, because all those meetings are generally open. But they're not always well announced, right? Right. So. It's not, and and I like that you put in earlier that uh, you know there's a there's a misnomer. I think that the R stands for Repu- you know the realtor R yeah. stands for Republican, right. and that that may have been the case many many years ago. Mm-hmm. But obviously Nevada is a Democratic state. It's mm-hmm. a purple state, I think, in yeah. our last election. So we have these uh, different counties and districts yeah. and areas that that vote differently. But the fact is. Um, we home ownership, I think, is a human issue, right? Absolutely, it's yeah. Shelter, and mm-hmm. so going back to what you were saying before, the the human issue. Mm-hmm. We have obviously we're homeowners advocates. We advocate for home ownership, but I think there's a really and and I, I I know this from experience. There's a misunderstanding among the public about the realtor, the property manager. Manager, the property man, <laughs> the realtor. I'm getting my oars in there way too hard. The realtor, the property manager, that uh, the the private investor that owns a couple of rental properties, mm-hmm. they tend to be very tenant focused. We Absolutely. want our tenants to have a good experience. Yeah. They pay for peaceful enjoyment. Right. They pay for habitability, right. and, and and you know they want yeah. to have this nice place to live. Right. And uh, with few exceptions, our tenants are amazing. Absolutely. So we are here. In advocating for home ownership, it's not a, 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 a what's the word mutually exclusive. You know, right. these these can be symbiotic. Absolutely. I can't afford to have my investment properties empty for long periods of time or keep cycling through people. Like right. that's not that's not good business, no. right? No. Um, so yeah, absolutely, we we advocate for tenants because you know, as a human, as mm-hmm. a as a as a resident of Las Vegas, as a you know a member of this community, I realize we need all. Um, all socioeconomic classes, everything. Like we need a diverse population to have a great city, right? Right. right. So, um, you know, I'll give you an example. When I was in Australia for my honeymoon years, gosh, 17, 18 years ago, um, they were talking about how they had a shortage of labor because everybody, you know, college education was so highly subsidized at the time in Australia. And I don't know if it is or isn't anymore, but it was so highly subsidized that everyone had a degree and nobody wanted to, Mm. and I'm using my guide's language, swing a hammer, right? Right, Nobody wanted to, to pound a nail into to some wood and build anything. They all wanted yep. white collar jobs. Yep. Um, obviously, that's not great for society. You need you need construction workers. You yep. need um, you know maintenance folks. You need restaurant workers. And you know, in in our society, those jobs unfortunately don't pay two hundred thousand a year. It sure. is what it is, sure, right? Sure. So we need to make sure we have safe, clean, affordable, um, and you know, community housing for them. And when I say community, I mean with a community. We're not you know we don't want to just shove you know one socioeconomic class into one part of our city we want to have diversity all around our city and if we don't if if you know if we don't figure out a solution to how we're going to address this affordability affordability in housing and rentals well even availability 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're, you know, we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna continue to have this awesome city that we do, right? Healthy gonna, and growing. Right. And, yeah. Vibrant. So um, I know that's a long way to say that like we advocate for tenants, right? So one of the issues that came up in the past, last session, they, there were some murmurs about, and we think it'll come again, is what we call summary evictions here. Mm, in, right? Yeah. So um, for those of you who don't know what that is, essentially, if you don't pay your rent, um, in some places, in Nevada being one of them, right. you can post a notice on the door. And is it five days? I don't seven days. Seven, pay or quit, seven right? days. So if you don't pay your rent within seven days, you have to move out, right? And if you don't move out, the, con- the sheriff or constable comes and essentially locks you out, right? right? And it's a little more. And, and, and I mean, that's give, give me super two, short. Give me two seconds to yeah. elaborate. The seven day pay or quit goes up. It doesn't include weekends, right? So it's a it's a business seven day. business day. Yeah, okay. it's a seven business day. And and I think there's even a court. Don't get me. Don't, if the court days are we closed. post our notices through a third party, and so yeah. we know the expiration date. But the point is, there, it's more than seven days in effect, yeah. um, and it does. It is then followed up with a unlawful detainer notice, which is an additional period, mm-hmm. and then the eviction filing happens, and the tenant has an opportunity to file an answer in that case. Right. So, okay. if the landlord hasn't been maintaining habitability, right? There's a process for which the tenant goes yeah. through. I'm not paying rent yeah. because you didn't fix my yeah, AC. My AC. It's 120 degrees outside. Yeah. I've been staying in a hotel. I've been paying my rent to the county. Yeah. Um, uh, the, court, the, the county court's office and yeah. Nevada Legal Aid is very good at mm-hmm. helping tenants navigate right. this process. Yeah. But but yes, so, so the summary eviction process it is more complex than people would like you to think. Right. Um, but it is more brief. And, and thank you for clarifying that. Yes. I'm not a yes, property yes. manager. I don't even I pretend don't, yeah. you know um, to know or do what that is. You're I own my own properties that I manage, which I'm like, <laughs> man, I should have hired a property manager. Like, this is I'll a pain talk in the to you after the meeting. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah. So the. What, but the obviously the, the alternative to that is a court eviction, right? right? And um, judicial and judicial eviction, eviction. Yep. and that can be 30, 60, 90 days sometimes, right? The courts are backed up, you don't know what you know. So, what the summary eviction allows us as landlords and homeowners to do here in Nevada is we can take a risk on maybe not the the tenant with the best credit, right? We can look right. at people who aren't making three or four times the income or mm-hmm. whatever some of those crazy requirements are now, right? Right, right. right. Um, because, hey, you know what? Like Joe Blow here, he's a decent guy. I can see he works hard, right? Him and his give him a family. Shot. I'm going to give him a shot because if Joe Blow's a problem, I can get him out pretty quick, right? Reasonable time frame. Yeah, yeah, right, without waiting 90 days of no payment. That way I can have the home back out you know, within a month or so on the market, mm-hmm. and I can, I can try again with someone else, right? Um, but if we go to that judicial process, then all of a sudden, if I'm not making money for 90 days, it's just just look at it as a business, not as a home. But if as a business owner, if you're not making money for 90 days, you're going to be in trouble, right? Right. Not a lot of mom and pop investors have 90 days you know, worth of mortgage exactly. and savings and maintenance right. to, to be able to do. So the summary eviction, you know, as, as bad as sometimes some people will make it out to be, it's actually a great tool for both tenants and landlords it because it gives benefits. it gives me as a as a, a tenant with you know maybe some credit troubles in the past but mm-hmm. you know you know maybe some job issues maybe I got laid off because you know because of covid and i've all these red flags in a traditional rental application but i you know what Jeff is a great landlord and he's going to give me a shot. If I can go in there and do what I told Jeff I'm going to do, I'm good. Right. right. And so, right. but if, if I don't, then it gives Jeff the opportunity to, to move on quickly without, you know, losing so much money that he has to sell his rental property. And all of a sudden now there's one less rental property on the market, which then, you know, over the course of hundreds of, of landlords or thousands of landlords. It's a snowball. Yeah. And then it gets much more expensive. And I, I think the other thing that people need to understand about summary eviction is summary eviction is just possession. Mm-hmm. It, it gives a landlord possession. 
if the tenant leaves their belongings, the landlord has to store those belongings, right, yeah. safe keep them for 30 days. At the, at the landlord's expense. At the landlord's expense. Right. And if it's stored in the property, they cannot charge the tenant for those fees. Mm-hmm. If they inventory it and store it off site, then the tenant's responsible for that. So realistically, the property is still down for mm-hmm. probably another 30 days because a lot of landlords don't have the wherewithal to inventory and, and right. off site store those items. But they don't get a judgment. There's no judgment against the tenant for property damage, for unpaid rents, or any uh, administrative fees. Mm -hmm. In a judicial, which is what is being proposed, it is a lot different for the tenants. And so what we're concerned about as property managers in these arenas is that this is going to necessarily, as many things like this do, have unintended consequences for tenants. Be it higher deposits. Maybe landlords stop going for one month of rent and start going to the maximum state statute allowed three times. You know, I can only, if I have a $3,000, well, let's be more realistic. If I have a $2,000 a month rent, the state says my maximum refundable deposits can be three times that. So I'm going to tell a tenant that they have 6000 in deposits and a $2,000 first month's rent. These tenants are now bringing $8,000, right. which is double yeah. what they might have to bring in a normal circumstance. So it's necessarily going to make landlords less uh, trusting, as you said before. And um, it has other unintended consequences, which you know we don't have time to go into right. here. But um, the other thing I think you were we had talked about was um, so tenants' rights, and then summary eviction, and then we we're going to talk rent about rent control. Rent control, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So rent control, yeah. Um, and again, I feel for for tenants whose rents have been just increased astronomically. Um, and I've had conversations with property managers about this. I'm like, guys, like how do we how do we address this issue because you know, it's, it's difficult, right? It's not, it's not fair as it just as a person, I get it. It's not fair, right? It's tough, but we are a free market, right? We live in America, which, you know, is a capitalist right. society and right. a free market society. Um, and in markets that have added rent control, it has been extremely short term benefits for the tenants. I get it. Right. If you say, Hey, you know, your rent can only go up 5%. Right. Um, at the most or can't at all in some markets, right? Right, right, right. Um, it has great benefits, right? Like you as the tenant are like, ah, oh. and there's a massive, you know. Huge weight off your yeah, shoulders. Absolutely. Yeah, and I get it. And that's what we want to find a solution that has that same feeling for you. Um, but what happens is um, the landlord may, you know, at some point be like, okay, you know what? I don't have the money to, to upgrade or maintain this anymore, right? Because the cost of services is going up, right? The cost absolutely. of the AC guy, the cost. Materials. Right? Um, you know, if the 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 faucet breaks. I mean, you know, the faucets aren't a hundred dollars anymore. Maybe they're 110 or 120, you know, water heaters have gone up 40%. Oh my gosh. Are yeah. you kidding? I, I could not believe how much a water <laughs> heater was. Um, right. Uh, things like that. So there, the expenses for a landlord don't go down. Property taxes are going up, right. right. And they're going to always get more expensive, right? Yeah. My HOA went up 20% this year. Yeah. Right. So, um, you can't, you know, you can't, um, if you limit, if you limit rent, Right, or cap rent at a certain rate, it makes it very difficult for a landlord to maintain those same property conditions. They want to. Good landlords, mom and pops folks, like they're gonna wa- they want to do the right thing, right? The vast majority of them want to do the right thing. Um, but if it's cost prohibitive, they're gonna just sell their property and be like, I can't afford this. Like, and again, then we have that snowball effect of less homes on the market, um, less rental inventory available, and therefore things get more expensive because of supply and demand. Um, the second issue is a misallocation of resources, and this is a little techie, um, you know, economic 
comicsy. But um, well, who's the nerd now? It yeah. seems. <laughs> if you watch, if any of you guys watch Friends, if you remember how like they were lived in New York and it was in, in rent controlled apartments, and remember there was a couple episodes where they were joking about oh how it's their aunt's home and whatnot, and they they didn't want to give up that rental property because they were paying so little for it. They didn't, you know. So in this market, for example, if you have a three bedroom rent controlled uh, unit and you're paying, I'm just going to make up numbers here, fifteen hundred a month for it, let's say, right? Um, Ten years down the road with rent control. Let's say your rent is only seventeen fifty. Again, just kind of making up some numbers. Um, you're not going to move out of that three bedroom home, even if you your kids have moved out, they've gone yeah. to college. Yeah. So you're a single mom, or you know, a, a couple, husband and wife, just living in there. You have two unused bedrooms, right? So it's a complete misallocation of resources. There's other families that need three bedroom homes or condos or whatever, sure. and they can't get into it because you're like, I'm not moving. This is so cheap, right? Because if I leave, then I have to go somewhere else where maybe you know the rent is um, you know reset at current market conditions right. or. And or my one bedroom is going to cost me twenty one hundred or even seventeen fifty. Why would I have a one bedroom when I can have a three bedroom? So you know it's it's not good for a city. It's not good for um, the use of property. And Highest and best use. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So well, and if you're let's say you you know let's say an apartment complex as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Say they have a hundred units and their turnover is twenty percent per year. Right. So they they may have. Uh, 20 properties a year that turn into new rentals because somebody has relocated or mm-hmm. passed away or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, but the other 80% are all capped. Yeah. So 80% of the homeowner or, or renters, occupants in that neighborhood, and I just am explaining rent control a little bit more, those 80% are all capped. Mm-hmm. They're all locked in at whatever their you know statutory increases of permit or like you said, in some cases, no increases. So those new 20% are given astronomical rent prices. Yeah. They're, they are bearing the burden right. for the 80% mm-hmm. that haven't right. received an increase or have, like you said, you know, planted stakes in the ground yeah. and tied themselves down because they're not leaving. Yeah. Could you imagine your, your neighbor paying, um, you know, if you're in a rental, you know, an apartment complex or your neighbor's paying... 800? Yeah, you're pay- yeah, exactly. You're paying 200? Yeah, you're paying 800 and neighbors paying 1500. Yeah, yeah. Um you're not going anywhere, no, right? And no. so again, the misallocation of resources is just not it's not good for for an economy, right? Like, it will necessarily offset you, you will you will see a disparity mm-hmm. and what you want to call, I guess we could put in air quotes which I'm doing right now, uh fairness, right? right? How fair is it that one person mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, got a really great rent mm-hmm. while several others are now right. having to. Fourplex is another example that people will give. You know, one unit or two units have rent control that have been there for 15 years, right. and the other two units, con- yeah. you know, are having to constantly bear the burden. And in the extreme situation, um, there's European markets that have, I think it was Finland, that has, there's a black market for apartments now. Wow. Because they have, they have such strict rent control in some of those markets that there literally is a black market. Like so, you'll sign a, a five year lease and then you'll sublet it out privately to someone oh else gosh. at closer to market rates because you have this apartment locked in, and that is certainly not what we want to see, right? No, like, we no, definitely that's don't how, want to see. That's how people get hurt. I mean, yeah. realistically, that's when people don't start calling in repairs because mm-hmm. they don't, you know, and and they don't want them knowing that this is being subletted. So yeah. you you do get to start to get into some really nefarious things at that point but um so you know the the people that are still listening that haven't fallen asleep yet uh (laughs) just people with adhd my mom your wife you know uh, my my wife wife would have given up like 20 minutes ago (laughs) 
but I'm gonna uh, make my team listen to this. So I you know, have right? four people for sure that your listen listenership's gonna be like five. I'm afraid to lose my team, so I wouldn't even make them do this. But um, in fact, our sales meeting yesterday, I was like, "All right, everyone, here's the QR code. Download the the podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe." Uh, but no, I instead you got a flag. Yeah. <laughs> Google, Google's like someone reported Wait your podcast. A minute. Somebody <laughs> says that this is uh, this is not the kind of content inappropriate, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I really, I, I think that my takeaway and what I want to kind of help people really understand is that if we all as realtors can band together and encourage our colleagues, encourage, you know, cause I think mm-hmm. there's just, like I've said, maybe when I was coming up in, in the ranks of, mm-hmm. of a realtors, there wasn't a great outreach you know, clearly we didn't have social media. No. Uh, I think my first social media was MySpace. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you out there that had their favorite song on MySpace, you know who you are. Um, but uh, the the reality is there wasn't a great distribution network for this. And, no. and really, it was sales meetings you'd have to go to. And what if I missed the sales meeting? I didn't hear the speech about uh, being a, a, a realtor contributor. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I hope that those realtors out there will give a second thought at least pay the 50 and if you can't yeah. pay the 50 pay 25 i mean yeah. it's a, it's usually yeah. an editable field if i'm not mistaken yeah. you just pay... get to see my face when you edit it but right yes. right but but please go ahead and contribute something mm-hmm. if we all contribute something to this process it helps the masses it helps right. nevadans yeah. um it helps alabamans or right. arkansas i don't know what, what? not your kansas I don't know how not to my kansas it. but our kansas, <laughs> our kansas. <laughs> i don't know what an arkansanian is um but yeah i think it's it's important that we do that and then you also have of the major contributors, absolutely, and yeah. which, which I've I've become a major contributor. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I am a broker now, and I I wish I had known more about major contributions right. earlier in my career. But the point of it is, I'm trying to make up for lost time by being a major contributor. And so, those are agents that are agents, brokers that are contributing thousands of a thousand dollars or yeah. more will make you a major investor. Yeah, yeah. and we throw um, some cocktail parties and some other private little events where you get invited to some meet and greets with some candidates. Things like that. If you're a little more interested in, in politics, that's certainly the way to go. Um, you know, I've been a major investor for years. I took what's called the 10 for 10 pledge, where I committed $10,000 over 10 years, and I've completed that. Um, there's a bunch of realtors, actually. I think Las Vegas Realtors is the number one um, association in the country with the most amount of people who have taken that 10 for 10 pledge. Oh, that's awesome. So there's a lot of yeah. people who are adamantly committed to um, supporting our industry and making sure that we continue to move forward, um, protect ourselves, protect um, land owners, homeowners, uh, tenants. Like we want to make sure that we have a thriving real estate market and a healthy real estate market. Right. And that's what these investments will do, right? We want to make sure that we can keep going forward as a business um, and don't turn into a city of, you know, corporate rentals, like for lack of a better term. And I think that's a major point. I mean, I, I, I want to just, I, I want to bring on the tenant issue, issue back real quick because um, my, you know, I'm a property manager, you know that, and, and I, we manage about 275 homes, doors, and I have some homeowners, you know, we do an annual rent review with them. We say, hey, uh, you're renting for X, the market rents are Y. Or, or Z, you know, let's figure out our why. Let's mm-hmm. figure out where we can kind of be mm-hmm. that is fair to our tenant, mm-hmm. that brings you some additional income, yeah. but isn't putting them out at the market rate. Because what's the benefit of paying your rent on time, 
taking care of the property, uh, being polite, respectful uh, neighbor in the community. Yeah. If your landlord is bumping you up to the max every year, right? right. To the to, to yeah. now, what? Well, why wouldn't I move, right? So my, I have some landlords, and I want to impress upon people the mom and pop. Okay, versus the corporate, right? Mm -hmm. The people that the major hedge funds we hear about that are buying property and owning property here. And this is something I hope our legislators will will look at um, in a pragmatic and and practical way while maintaining property ownership rights, while while benefiting the greater market. But I have some mom and pops that I'm I'm just dragging, kicking and screaming to raise the rents to just keep up with inflation. Right. Um, You know, if we have their taxes going up seven percent. And their HOA it goes up ten percent, and then their costs of uh, repairs go up. I have some homeowners that just refuse, right. and I want people to understand that just because someone has an investment property does not mean that they are rich. Yeah, does not mean that they are greedy. Does not mean that they are in it for the money. Mm-hmm. A lot of my homeowners are content to get a couple hundred dollars, a couple five six hundred dollars a month off of a rental property, mm-hmm. and some of them get a little bit more than that. Yeah. But uh, the point of it is that they are about the person right. yeah they are about the people that live there and they respect those people whereas when we look at some of the corp one of the complaints i get about a lot of the corporate stuff is they're getting 600 800 a thousand dollar rent increases mm-hmm. with a 60-day notice yeah it's insane to yeah. me so i think people just need to understand that we can't lump our 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 investors we'll just right. call them all investors they're not all the same correct that's like saying all americans are the same right we're not we're diverse absolutely yeah. um so and i think diversity is important but um i think we need to understand that the majority of our individual investors and i i would say those are people with now this sounds like a lot if you if you're not an investor when i say 10 or less properties to me is a moderate investor yeah absolutely you know? that's a lot it's a lot Most of properties people, like but people who say they're real estate investors usually own two or three right right at right. the most but 10 to me is is somebody who is well 10 to me is usually somebody that bought during like the the, the collapse like yeah 2008 yeah. 9 yeah. 10 they were buying these houses for a hundred thousand dollars a piece yeah. right and they've right. that that's great but my point is 10 properties is not a lot of properties when you look at some of these investors that own hundreds and thousands. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but I appreciate you coming on. I, 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 if there's anything that I have missed or that I haven't summarized appropriately, please feel free to. You no, know. I think I, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about, um, you know, what we do on the political side, guys. Like know that your realtors do more than sell houses. Right. Yeah. We are. We are involved in the community. We coach Little League. We, yep, yep. you know, coach hockey. We volunteer with community organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're involved in churches. We're involved in, you know, all sorts of stuff, guys. Like, and that's, you know, we want to make sure that you recognize as well, right? We're not just out there driving fancy cars. Actually, not very many. I drive a, <laughs> I drive a used Ford Edge, right? Like, yeah. that, is, that is what I drive. Um, you know, and yeah, you'll see on social media, there's some fancy stuff. And hey, some people are really successful and they deserved it and they built great relationships and, you know, I'm not not saying anyone We're who does that is bad. Those people. No, absolutely no. not, right? Um, but just you know, realize that that's not you know they're your neighbors, like right? they're like we said. There's yeah. you know 1.6 or 1.7 mil, million realtors in the country. There's 17,000 in Las Vegas. You know someone in your neighborhood that's a realtor. You're <laughs> one of the parents of your class, your your children's you know so, uh, at school. So is when a I go on realtor. a listing appointment or something, right? And yeah. I, and they'll say, well, Jeff, no, I just want to be honest with you. Uh, we're we're uh, interviewing a couple of realtors. 
And uh, in fact, my uh, my friend Tim is a realtor. And I'm like, look, if you don't know two or three of us, you just don't have any friends. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sir, open your front door and yell, I'm selling my house and four people will show up really quick. Yeah, It's true, though. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, especially in markets like this, I see that uh, when people hear it's easy, right? Oh, wow, the market's hot, the market's hot, the market's hot. Um, it's like flies on, you know what, yeah. garbage, right? Yeah. And they are just out there and they're thick yeah. and they want to sell houses. And uh, I'm an expert. Your license number is, you know, the newest one they just printed. Like, calm down. You're not an expert. <laughs> the ink's still uh, wet. Right? The ink <laughs> hasn't dried yet. The vision is not even in the mail yet. Um, you know, everyone wants to call themselves an expert. But I will just, uh, you know, cap this out to say that, you know, you've been in the business for 13 years. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, and, and I think that I really felt comfortable with my knowledge set at about 10. I was going to say at you least know? eight, if not yeah, longer, I mean, nine. Eight, nine, yeah. ten years in, I felt really pretty yeah. comfortable and confident because the neat thing about this industry, and it, it, it it's neat, but it's also what kind of gives me, you know, stress, is that you learn something new every day. Absolutely. I mean, you run into a new caveat, a new variable, a new mm -hmm. tweak to some older issue you've already yeah. dealt with that you go, wait a damn minute. Like, I... Oof! I need to think about this, you know. And so I'll call Mr. Holly over at the real estate division, or I'll call uh, our friends up at Nevada Realtors uh, Legal Hotline, or you know, it's like, how do we surmount this issue today? Right. So it it but but now you know, thirteen years in, eight, I've been in eighteen years. Um, I would just encourage those people out there that that are newer realtors, just don't call yourself experts. I think that's a really dangerous slope. Um, and then the people yeah. that are looking for a realtor, interview them. Yeah, my broker, yeah. Dave Tina, is um, on the Real Estate I've Commission. I've heard of him. Yeah. I've heard of Dave yeah. Tina. Yeah. So he's been around a while. <laughs> and he, I met when he was at his previous company, um, I he, and I was with him there, he said, like, don't call yourself self-experts. Like, this is a, a place where, you know, if you get in trouble, you do something wrong, and then, you know, your, your client or the person who's, you know, taking you to whatever hearing, whatever sure. level of hearing yeah. you're at yeah. says, hey, you're you claim to be an expert in short sales. You claim to be an expert yeah. in, um, distressed you know, properties. Right. Or, you know, and in, you should have known this, right? Yeah. This wasn't, this wasn't yeah. like a, a latent defect. This right. was like, Hey, the roof was caving in, <laughs> right? Like there's a massive hole. Um, you know, so that's the easiest way for you to get yourself into trouble to say, I'm an expert, right? So I'm experienced in this. I've handled yes. these before, but you know, calling I'll yourself- I'll do my best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but every situation is different. Don't tell me you've sold two homes that are exactly the same unless you're a new home sales agent. Right. Right. You, you haven't. You haven't. Yeah. Every, and even those are and challenges. The, and the personalities are different, right? Like So so quick question. Let's just say you're well, you're Azeem today, thirteen years in business. What is the advice you would give Azeem? Just got his license, mm. just did his realtor orientation class. What would you tell Azeem thirteen years ago that you didn't know back then? Oh, certainly. So um make sure that you're organized, right? So <sighs> yes. um, you know, I'll tell you now, like my CRM is like the greatest thing I ever have. Yeah. Um, I used to live my life off post-it notes. Sure. Like everywhere. I, and I feel I attacked. Drop, I, I would, feel attacked right now. <laughs> I drop the ball, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, I was supposed to call so-and-so a month ago. Like yeah. I just, you know, yeah. use your CRM, right? And then um, invest in your clients, right? Don't, mm -hmm. don't, in, you know, I, I know there's some lead gen platforms out there and you may need to build your database. So certainly you do whatever you need to do to build your database a little bit, but at the end of the day, don't outsource 
like the most important part of your business, which is lead generation and relationships. Yeah. Right. If you're handing that off to some of these third party companies, you are, you are literally the most important thing, the thing that's going to get you the most business in the future, which is deepening your relationships with people. You're, you're giving to someone else who now has all that information and the insights. I take time to, you know, like we talked about early, we get to know our, we become friends with our, right. with our clients right, right, right. and that's how you get referrals, right? Like if you're, you know, yeah, you have your little tribe. And so, you know, and that's what, you know, and I love that advice. First of all, if, if you, if you are in the industry, new to the industry, rewind the last, uh, whatever that was minute and a half and listen to it again. But I, you know, the thing that I always find myself so, um, I, I don't want to say regretful, but wanting more of is time with clients. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you, you, you are out there and thankfully we're busy. And so we're servicing mm-hmm. many people in many yeah. cases at the same time. And then you've had this great relationship. Right. You've been together for 30, 60, 90 days. Right. Um, and then the deal closes and you go and you see the house after they move in yeah. or after they're doing some updates. And I always love it. My client, I love my clients will send me updates. I love that. That's like, like my favorite thing. Look at what I did to the look kitchen. Yeah. Like look yeah. at this tile. Look you know at the, the thing brush. we said yeah. we were going to do. We yeah. did it. Love it. My favorite thing. I just wish like you could spend, mm-hmm. you know, cause we have families yeah. and we have, uh, uh, hobbies and we have mm-hmm. interests and things and we have our, our core friend group. Right. right. But then we bring these people into our, our lives yeah. and they're with us, like I said, for three, four, five months sometimes. And then it's like, they're gone and you're like, Oh yeah. But we, that's where we call and we mm-hmm. touch base and we pop text by. and pop by. And, I wish I could yeah. have, yeah, more coffees. I mean, that is my number one goal this year is to yeah. be face to face with people, especially, you know, after the last couple of years yeah. of oh, yeah. limited contact, limited. um, you know, yeah, I want to, I want to have a coffee. I want to have a beer or whiskey with somebody yeah. and just catch up. Right. And like, how's life? What's going on? Um, you know, and that's would you know, people like people want to know you care about them, right? Yes. Like that's, yeah. they're going to send you referrals when you know, you, they know you care. And I think NAR has done, NAR, Nevada, Nevada, National Association of Realtors has done extensive studies on this. Yeah. That people say they would like to hear from I'm a little bit off often. on these numbers, but I believe it's like 87% of yes. people would use their yes. realtor again, but only about 10% do. Yeah. And the, the sad thing is when they asked realtors, why didn't you stay in touch with this person? They're like, well, I didn't want to be a bother. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, and I'm guilty of that, honestly. Absolutely. I, I have gone, you know, you, you get in that point, it's like, well, I haven't called them in three yeah. years. Yeah. I don't want to call them today and then be like, they're like, oh, why the hell did Jeff call us? Like, is he looking for business? No, I just thought about you. Yeah. And, I, and this happens. This happens all the time. I'll be driving in a neighborhood. I'll be like, oh my gosh. I you sold know, that house. I sold that yeah. house. I wonder how they're doing. Yeah. And I'm like, how... Part of me is like, how creepy is it that I call them up? I'm like, hey, I was in your neighborhood. I was showing a house. Yeah. How are you guys? Yeah. And then they're going to go, oh, yeah, Jeff, we sold that house three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, I should have driven by here three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I missed opportunity. Well, Azim Jessa with Urban Nest Realty, you are a wonderful guy. I appreciate your friendship and I call you for advice on things sometimes, especially uh, relative to being a uh, diplomat. You are a very <laughs> diplomatic guy and I think you're well. Well, I'm, I'm definitely a policy over party person when yes. it comes to politics. Yes. Um, I do vote bipartisan. Yeah. Um, it makes some of my left and right leaning friends insane like they're Sounds like how like can you're... you how can you do that <laughs> you're supporting supporting the devil or you're supporting a nazi or i'm like guys like i yeah. like i vote for people i try to meet with yes. people i try to learn yes. about them and that's the only way we're going to get through some of this you know nonsense at the national level i agree is we really truly have to you know get involved um and like i said you know vote register to vote and vote and certainly just don't vote 
down one side of the ticket or the other. Well, and I think that is great advice. I think anybody who uh, I, I think the the vote and not to get into politics, but I think the vote is mm-hmm. uh, a tremendous. I mean, look at suffrage, women's suffrage. Women didn't have the right we to We send for, our troops yeah. overseas to fight in countries. Right. Like, so those people have the right to vote. Right. And only 50-ish percent of us do most of the time here, right? And it gets find, a little higher in presidential. I find that there's a, a that there's a very high number of naturalized citizens that vote. Like, they are a, a much higher... I'm an immigrant. I yeah. came from Canada. Yeah. Um, I When I spoke at my citizenship ceremony, I got... I was asked to speak, which was English so well as a Canadian. That's crazy. (laughs) It was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Je parle français un petit peu. But, um, yeah. So, and I did, I actually, it was when we were, when we went into Iraq and I said, you know, there's, there's Iraqi citizens right now holding up their finger with purple purple ink. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I talked about that at this ceremony and you know, like one of the reason I became a citizen in the, of the United States, Mm because I could live here forever. I had a green card. I had no issues about going, having to go back, but I want to vote. Right. Like I want to be a responsible citizen and, you know, part of the I, process. Yeah. I, that's a, a right as a citizen, citizen. Like I want to have that right. Like people have died so I could have that right. Yep. And people are dying currently so others can have that right. Yeah. And, you know, don't take it lightly. So please, please register to vote. That's why I say vote, act, invest. Vote is yeah, I first. don't, I don't care who you vote for. I, nope. I don't, I don't discuss that with people. I don't care what your platform is. I don't, I, I do care though that people are educated and that they vote about right. uh, things that yeah. are important to them. Right. Don't, don't listen to your 30 second clip on Fox news or MSNBC. Yeah. Like, do the research, yeah. right? Go. go to the website. That doesn't mean listen to a 30 second clip on CNN, which is in the <laughs> middle. Like, you know, learn about them, please. Well, again, Azim, thank you again. Say hello to your wife for me. And, uh, I hope we do a deal soon. All right. Absolutely. I appreciate your time, bud. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back soon with another informative episode.